comes to colors, you started out with a few. The basics, red, yellow, blue, green, black, white, orange, and maybe purple. To our young, untrained eyes, everything was one of those colors. As we grew older, those things got complicated. And we learned there were different shades of every color. The point, we were not sure which category it belonged in. Is it black or is it white? No, it's gray. Hello, you're listening to Gray is Also a Color. This show that conjures up areas within your own life that are not so clearly black or white. And now, your host, Dr. Teresa Yukata Merrimoth. Of all the human emotions, the one that I personally and actually fear the most is bitterness. Bitterness is an emotional cancer, and it will eat you up from the inside out. It is a life that will contaminate you. It is a burden that will crush you. It is a place that will cook you in its own juice. Von Bismarck was the Chancellor of Germany during the First World War. Toward the end of his life, he got right down in the quicksand of bitterness and never got out. He carried the bile of bitterness into his grave. One morning, he got up out of bed and proudly announced to his household, I have spent the whole night hating. The burden of bitterness eventually crushed his health. He had to grow a beard to hide the twitching muscles of his face. Jaundice, gastric ulcers, gall stones and shingles wrapped his body when he was offered a small fortune to publish his memoirs. He began to write with a reckless disregard for truth, using his pen to spill out the poisonous venom of hatred and bitterness on men and women who had long been dead. Expressing his bitterness became the very thing he lived for and the very thing that killed him. He died embittered, cynical, lonely, miserable, and self-consumed. Many who are listening to this broadcast are slaves in bondage to the master of bitterness. Some of you are bitter towards God because of a tragedy that happened in your life for which you blame him. Some of you are bitter towards others, such as a boss who unjustly fired you, a spouse who left you for someone else, a business partner who kicked out and left you holding the bag. Some of you are bitter towards parents, perhaps because you were physically abused or sexually abused. Some of you are bitter towards a dad who never spent time with you. And again, this is not to make light of these situations and these circumstances. Many people 
get beat up towards the church, the place of worship, the ministers of the gospel. Why? Because of a bad experience they had or someone they know had. Bitter or better. The choice really is yours. We cannot choose what comes to us in life, but we can choose how we respond to it. And that is what determines whether we become better or bitter. As a couple exchanges their vows, those vows include this word, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, for better and for worse. It could also be said for better or bitter, or bitter or sweet. Life just has some bitterness built into it. Everyone comes to bitter waters at some point in their life. Death of a loved one, sickness, bankruptcy, divorce, false accusations, betrayal, rejection. Now, the common tendency when we are mistreated is to seek revenge. I heard of a despondent woman who was walking across the beach when she saw a bottle on the sand. She picked it up and pulled out the cork. Whoosh! A big puff of smoke appeared. You have released me from prison, the genie told her. To short thanks, I grant you three wishes. But take care for each wish. Your spouse will receive double of whatever you request. Why? The woman said. That husband of mine left me for another woman. He lied to me and deceived me. Well, this is how it is written, replied the genie. The woman shrugged, then asked for a million dollars. There was a flash of light, and a million dollars appeared at her feet. At the same instant, in a far-off place, her wayward husband looked down to see twice that amount at his feet. And your second wish, Jimmy, I want the world's most expensive diamond necklace. Another flash of light, and the woman was holding that precious treasure. And in that instant place, her husband was looking for a gem broker to buy his latest bonanza. Jenny, is it really true that my husband has $2 million and more jewel than I do? And that he gets double of whatever I wish for. The genie said that it was true. Okay, genie, I'm ready for my last wish. Luman said, Penny has to death. Greetings, friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome you to another broadcast and episode of Gray is also a color radio show on bbsradio.com. We have a great show for you today on the human emotions. We'll be talking about bitterness, we'll be talking about regret, we'll be talking about baggages, we'll be talking about forgiveness. And Dr. Teresa, you've had a merry month. 
To put it more simply, you might say that bitterness is harbored, hurt seated in the soul. Now, people get bitter for a lot of things. You may be bitter because the boss has passed you and you think unfairly. Perhaps a businessman has stolen some money from you and that has been sitting in your heart. Is it because the spouse has walked out from you? Has a father mistreated you? A mother neglected you? You may be bitter because a pastor has disappointed you. An elder has betrayed you. Bruce Goodrich was being initiated into the cadet corps at Texas. The A&M University one night, Bruce was forced to run until he dropped, but he never got up. Bruce Goodrich died before he even entered college. A short time after the tragedy, Bruce's father wrote this letter to the administration and the student body and the corps of cadets. I would like to take this opportunity to express the appreciation of my family for the great outpouring of concern and sympathy from Texas A&M University and the college community over the loss of our son, Bruce, he wrote. We are deeply touched by the tribute paid to him in the battalion. We are particularly pleased to note that his Christian witness did not go unnoticed during this brief time on campus. Mr. Goodrich went on, I hope it will be some comfort to know that we have no ill in the matter. We know our God makes no mistakes. Bruce has an appointment with his Lord and is now secure in his celestial home. When the question is asked, why did this happen? Perhaps one answer would be so that many will consider where they will spend eternity. One day, two monks were walking through the countryside. They were on their way to another village to help bring in the crops. As they walked, they spied an old woman sitting at the edge of a river. She was upset because there was no bridge and she could not get across on her own. The first monk kindly offered, we will carry you across if you would like. Thank you, she said, gratefully accepting their help. So the two men joined hands, lifted her between them, and carried her across the river. When they got to the other side, they set her down, and she went on her way. After they had walked another mile or so, the second monk began to complain. Oh, look at my clothes, he said. They are filthy from carrying that woman across the river. And quite frankly, my back still hurts from lifting her. I can feel it getting stiff. The first monk just smiled and nodded his head. A few more miles up the road, the second monk griped again. My back is hurting me so badly. And it is all because we have to carry that same woman across the river. 
I cannot go any further because of the pain. The first monk looked down at his partner. Now, lying on the ground, moaning, have you wondered why I'm not complaining? He asked. Your back hurts because you are still carrying the woman. But I set her down five miles ago. That is what many of us are like in dealing with our families and with people. We are that second monk who cannot let go. We hold the pain of the past over our loved one's head like a club, or we remind them every once in a while when we want to get the upper hand of the burden we still carry. Why? Because of something they did years ago. Does that sound familiar? Dear friends, bitterness will devastate your life. It will devastate your life spiritually, emotionally, physically, and psychologically. Now, if you get bitter in any area of your life, you'll be doing what God specifically tells us not to do. Friends, bitterness will destroy you physically. Bitterness is like a poison. And medical doctors say that bitterness will even make you sick and depressed. Bitterness has been linked to high blood pressure, to ulcers, to headaches, to cardiac disorders, and even insanity. Bitterness will drive you crazy. Bitterness will discourage you emotionally. I want you to know that when there is bitterness, there is always discouragement. Bitterness will lead you to be paranoid. You will become the victim to everybody and everything. You will become judgmental of others and you, and you will think you perceive their motives. You think people are talking about you. Bitter people eventually love no one, including God, themselves, and even their own family. A little bit of bitterness to become your poison if it is permitted to grow in your life. Friends, bitterness will define your relationship. Our life has what is known as overflow. And you and I, every one of us, we all have overflow. Overflow is the result of what is and has built up in our life, and it spills out on others every day. Reality is that bitterness will overflow to every relationship in your life. You will infect others if they stay around you very long. Bitterness will deprive you of your blessings. Bitterness is a root, and roots are the direct result of a not only a seed, but a watered seed. Not only a watered seed, but a permitted seed. Anything that stays in your life grows in your life. And roots have to be dug out one at a time. It is a life-changing process. Nothing else can grow to maturity if the roots of bitterness have pulled all the life out of the soil of your life. Dear friend, has someone ever said or done something to you 
for which you found it difficult to forgive them every time their name is brought up, even if it was years ago, it still brings butterflies to your stomach. When you think of them, your heart rate increases and you can feel your blood pressure rising when you think of what they said or did. It's as though you were reliving it again, just thinking about it. If so, it may be that you are in the bonds of bitterness, which is a shame. Why? Because bitterness doesn't even touch the person you are bitter towards. But it sure will harm you, no exception. Make no mistake about that. Like Frankenstein, bitterness is a monster which turns on its creator and causes eternal damage beyond compare. It's an internal poison eating its way out. The other person continues their life and may be happy and content and never even think about you. But because you hold bitterness for them, they continue to control your life. If they don't think about you, It's unsatisfaction, and as they can see, they still get at you, though they are miles away from you. Friends, who is that person that comes to mind? For whom do you hold bitterness? It may have been last week. It may have been yesterday. It may have been last year. It may have been last decade. It also doesn't matter if it was a decade ago when you were a child. Let's do a quick exercise. You know in your heart that you've never truly forgiven them for it. And whatever you do, don't say, I don't hardly ever think about them at all. Well, that wasn't the question. The question is, when you do think about them, or someone else brings it up. What are your thoughts about them? Bitterness is not a real person, but neither is she make believe. She's an imaginary composite of thousands upon thousands who struggle to live the life and walk the work, yet still. Let's look at the dictionary definition of bitterness. The dictionary defines bitter as that which is sharp or unpleasant to the taste, that which is discomforting to the mind or harsh, that which is difficult or distasteful to admit, that which exhibits strong animosity or resentment, and finally, that which is marked by anguish, resentfulness, or rancor. Now, I know that we are caught in the dog days of summer, and that the temperature outside is pushing almost 87 degrees each day. So just for a moment, I want you to imagine yourself in the dead of winter, I want you to imagine that you are on a mountain top 
in the northeastern United States and that you walk outside at night and are greeted by the sight of snow falling. Not a blizzard, but a snow, you know, one of those snows, big, fluffy flakes that you sometimes see in the winter time. The snow falling in such a way that you can watch each individual flake as it gently falls from the sky to the ground. Now you have that image in your mind. Can you picture the snowflakes? Now, even though this is all imaginary, what is the one thing that you know for sure about each and every one of those snowflakes hitting the ground all around you? It's simply this. Each of those snowflakes are unique. As Wilson Bentley, proved with his photographs of snowflakes taken around the turn of the 20th century. No two snowflakes are alike. We all know that we've all heard that. And you can look at Bentley's photograph and see that for yourself. But here is the question. Why are not two snowflakes alike? Have you ever thought of that? Well, the reason each snowflake is different is because each snowflake bears the sky yeah. of its journey from the sky to the ground. They all yeah. start out the same. They all start out as crystals of ice within a cloud formed by freezing temperatures. But each crystal experiences different factors in their short life, which affects their final shape, the temperature of the sky as they are being formed, the altitude of the cloud from which it fell, the trajectory of the wind that it took them to fall on earth, and a thousand other factors. They all come together to, show, to shape the snowflake into what we see when it hits the ground. In other words, each snowflake that we see is the result of its response to the things of life that it experienced on its way to Earth. People are the same way. You are who you are. Why? Because of your response to the things you have experienced so far in your life and that person that you will be at the end of your life is all dependent on how you respond to your future experiences in life especially during very challenging times during the times of trials and tribulations right? when tribulations and trials come your way there are really only two options for you. You can either react or you can respond. Now, when you react to something, you are allowing the external event that you are experiencing to dictate what you do. 
You act without thinking and you allow the experience to shape your attitudes and your feelings. But when you respond to something, you make a choice about what you're going to do and what you're going to think and how you're going to feel. So, the bottom line is how we deal with these experiences. Now, to put it in a different way, when something bad happens to you, when someone hurts you, when you suffer a tragedy in life, when trials and tribulations come your way, you can react and allow that experience to shape you. Or you can respond and choose how you will allow yourself to be changed. It comes to that. It comes down to this. You can either react and become bitter or you can respond and become better. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Gray is Also a Color. On BBS radio show, we are talking about human emotions. I'm Dr. Teresa Mukada Merrimon. In 2018, I may have been criticized in 2018. I may have been talked about 2018, 2019. I may have been pushed aside. Why? Because I didn't belong to the clique. Bottom line, did I get to my goal? Did I achieve my desire? Did I fulfill purpose? Guess what? I chose to forget those things that are behind me. And I chose to press towards the mark. The thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of revenge. I chose to forget it and let it go. The anger that I have because people have made me upset. I must forget it and let it go. That feeling of depression, I choose to forget and I choose to let it go. Now, I'm giving an insight and some personal disclosure as to dealing with emotion, bitterness, reaction, and response. There is something that I have come to understand, and that is that my crown, my destiny, and my purpose is not predicted and received in my past. I have come to understand and accept that the backbiting is not bound to my destiny, that jealousy is not tied to my goal, that rejection is not going to keep me from purpose. So instead of wasting my time worrying about folks, instead of trying to figure out why so and so doesn't like me, instead of trying to figure out why this happened, why that happened, instead of wondering how I can become a part of the sleep, instead of beating myself up as to why did that person betray me, I will not feel so all alone. 
I am forgetting those and I'm letting them go. Why? Because I have a desire. What's my desire? My desire is to walk in my purpose. I want to achieve my destiny. I want to be able to be who God says I am. And so those feelings that I have been holding on to down all these years, I'm going to let it go. And I let it go, the bitterness. I let it go. Now, in the words of Bishop T.D. Jakes, there are people who can walk away from you. And hear me when I tell you this. People can walk away from you. Let them walk. I don't want you to try to talk another person into staying with you, into loving you, into calling you, into caring about you, into coming to see you, into staying attached to you. I leave hanging off the phone. When people can walk away from you, let them walk. Your destiny is never tied to them. When people walk away, let them be. People leave you because they are not joined to you. Let go of the bitterness. And if they are not joined to you, you can't make them stay. Let them go. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that they are part in your story is over. And you've got to know when people's part in your story is over. So don't be bitter so that you don't keep trying to raise the dead. You've got to know when it's dead. You've got to know when it's over. In the words of T.D. Jakes, let me tell you something. I've got the gift of goodbye. It's the 10th spiritual gift. I personally I believe in goodbye. It's not that I'm faithful. It's that I'm faithful and I know that whatever God means for me to have, he'll give it to me. And if he takes too much sweat, guess what? He probably don't need it. Stop begging people to stay. And when they leave you, you get bitter. Let them go. If you're holding on to something that doesn't belong to you and was never intended for your life, then you need to let it go. If you're holding on to past hurt and pain, let it go. Don't get bitter. If someone can treat you right, love you back and see your worth, let it go. Let them go. Do not get bitter. If someone has angered you, let it go. Don't get bitter. If you're involved in a wrong relationship or addiction, I know this is a big one here. You've got to let it go. If you're holding on to a job that no longer meets your needs or talent, let it go. Don't get bitter. If you have a bad attitude, let it go. Do not get bitter. If you keep judging others to make yourself feel better, let it go. If you're stuck in the past and God is trying to take you to a new level again, let it go. Do not get bitter because the next person is doing much, much, much better than you are. If you're struggling with the healing of broken relationships, friends, I urge you, let it go. If you keep trying to help someone, who will even 
trying to help themselves, let it go. If you're feeling depressed and stressed, let it go. Don't get bitter. If there is a particular situation that you're so used to handling yourself, let it go. Let the past be the past. Forget the former thing. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. If you're holding on to regret, let it go. I wonder if any of you have traveled by airplane recently. You may have witnessed the new travel game that people are playing. It's called how many bags can I carry on the plane? And how much stuff can I pack into those bags to avoid paying the $25 check luggage fee? I actually lost feeding on an aisle seat when I fly. Until most recently, you board, and the flight attendants announced that all the overhead luggage beams were full before the last group of people had even boarded the plane. For many people, the definition of a carry-on has broadened to include two rolling suitcases and overstocked backpack, a purse that is bigger than a small child, a slew of shopping bags and a laptop, a computer bag, that is too big to fit under the seat so it gets crammed into the overhead beam. This is the reason why I changed my mind on choosing an aisle seat when I fly. Because when we land, I don't want to be the one sitting underneath the over top luggage beam when all those items that may have shifted in flight come crashing down. I'm sure you know what I mean. Most air travelers today remind me of Mrs. Howell on Iligan's Island. She packed 10 suitcases with 200 changes of clothes for a three-hour tour. Some of us do make the effort to travel light. But while I tried to carry only one bag onto the plane, I must admit that I tend to pack way more in it than I need. I pack my laptop, my tablet, my iPhone, the power cords and chargers for all of the above. The large, at least three paperback books, a handful of granola bars, water, a change of clothes just in case they lose the luggage that I checked. And I pack a lunch because quite frankly, I don't fancy the tiny package of peanut service. I carry all of this. Why? Because the days are inevitable. And I never know how many hours we're going to have to wait for the plane to take off. And once we're in the air, I need something to distract me from the fact that we're all cramped inside a metal suit. Hopping through space at 500 miles per hour, 30,000 feet above the ground. 
Now, what's my point? The point is, there are many reasons why we carry so much stuff when we travel. Why? Because we fear we may end up needing something that we've left behind. Because taking a two-hour flight can easily become an all-day event. Or because we've become so accustomed to being surrounded by the convenience and familiarity of our stuff that we don't even know how to function without them. We all carry bags. We carry baggages. Excess that we are not in need of. In another word, stuff that are unnecessary. Dear friends, maybe you are a one bag person. Maybe you have multiple bags or even a trunk. And it's tough, full of things you don't need. We know that carrying excess baggage through life is not the way God intended life to be lived. And so if you desire to build an atmosphere of freedom, I urge you to empty your life of those bitterness. I urge you to empty your life of those regrets. I urge you to empty your life of those things you have passed. Let it go. Empty the trunk. Let's look at the definition of baggage to drive the point home. Baggage is something you pack things into. Again, please note, not everyone has the same size bag because not everyone has the same amount of baggage. Dictionary definition of baggage is suitcase, Strong personal belongings, luggage, bags, things, objects, circumstances, experiences, and beliefs that get in the way. I want us to look at four kinds of baggage. The handbag person, the carry-on person, the suitcase person, the trunk person. Under what category do you fall? The handbag person are the things you have packed into your life and are, quite frankly, a nuisance, but manageable. Now, this bag is mobile. Instead of dropping the bag, you build your life around it, carrying it into your world, carrying it into your relationship and into your community. Dear friends, are you the carry-on bag person? Things you have packed for special sessions of your life and special events. And so the baggage comes out at times when it may be inconvenient or unforeseen. These are things in life that have never been brought to a closure. Do you fall under the category of the suitcase person? Have you packed things for gateway and escape from reality, hoping to not bring them back? 
Have you packed up feelings and emotions and believe to get away from it all? Or are you the strong person? You have put things into your life, into your trunk, locked them up, and you have put them into their seat. Significant events that bring to memory again the things that were locked away and kept hidden. What excess attitude are you carrying, dear friend? In this time of the global pandemic, that a lot of nations, a lot of states have been on lockdown. A lot of people have had to deal or are dealing with one form of deficit or the other. What excess baggage are you carrying? Abraham Lee, an explosive ordinance disposal officer for seven years, said that when on a mission, the team will literally only carry what was essential and will contribute to the craft. He said that to carry any, any other thing extra will be pointless. We all carry excess baggage in our lives. Unnecessary weight that we don't need to carry. And yet, we all do it. Over time, our emotional cargo mounts up and begins to weigh us down. Dear friend, are you being weighed down due to the excess baggage you have on? There are so many things that we pick up and put in our bag to carry, such as negative attitude, stress towards others, bitterness, unforgiveness. These can fill us up and leave an unnecessary weight for us to carry on our back. This emotional baggage can build up so quietly and steadily that we might not even realize how heavy it has become and how much weight it places on our hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. Dear friends, you need to deal with these things or you will continue to carry them and this is when you learn tools like bitterness, denial, unforgiveness, revenge, and holding grudges. If you don't deal with your past and you don't deal with your issues, that means you choose to carry them. And when you carry these things, it is like carrying weeds inside your heart that grow so quickly and are so strong that they choke all the good, healthy plants around it. Often, we allow what happens to us to define us. And this is really dangerous as it can lead to us not being who and what we are meant to be and destined for. An old legend about three men who each carried two sacks. The first man hid all of the good things 
and focused on the bad things, hoping to examine them so often that he barely made any progress at all. The second man kept all his mistakes in the stack on his back and all the good things in front of him so he could show them off to everyone. He was weighed down by bad things but couldn't bring himself to put them down. The third man kept all the good things in the front stack. But unlike the second man, the stack on his back was empty because he had caught a hole in it so that all the bad stuff went straight through the sack, leaving him free of the body of carrying them. Baggages weigh us down. It also slows us down. You know, scripture tells us in First Peter 5, 7, Cast our anxieties to God. Now, casting is the act of hurling or pitching something away. To be perfectly clear, we are to forcefully throw something in a specific direction. Bitterness, regret, sorrow, and fear are also examples of extra luggage that slow us down. Sorrow and grief. They like to hang around for a long time and it takes great faith to leave them or pass them out of our grief. Marianne's dictionary defines baggage as impediment, encumbrances, things unmovable, and they range from suitcases to parcels to overnight cases to steamer trunks. Now, in this definition, we can see that baggage can be as small as the carrier case to as large and difficult to move around as a steamer trunk. Excess baggage refers to extra suitcases you take on your tree. And in these days and times, they will be charged extra for all pounds over and above their low-head amount. So metaphorically speaking, we all have baggage. Family guilt is also from heavy baggage too. Does this sound familiar? Do you screech and yell like your mom or your dad? Are you afraid to eat foreign food or travel to new places? Are you quick to anger and distrust? Do you find yourself attracted to the bad boy or girl or the same type person that hasn't been the best seat in your life? You too may be carrying the baggage of your childhood or past experience, some good and some not so good. If it holds you down and prevents you from experiencing your life, fully and completely. Now, we all come to the table with bags. Are they yours? But the bags individually are not a problem. Someone once said, it is only when memories 
take you over completely and turn into your burden, your personality, which is conditioned by your past, becomes your prison. Things happen. Life is lived. We have life experiences. We internalize the results and then carry it on into the next situation. So we all have an understanding of the term baggage. So baggage is the residual memories and current response to past experiences and make us bitter. Is there in your life the sheet you collect like the rock collection or coin collection or the outfit you wore on a fantastic day that is now two sizes too small? But you keep it just in case it is the conditioned response to yelling or forcing that drives you crazy or causes you to react in a certain way. When it happens, your suitcase is filled with all kinds of things that you hope to open up and use on your trip called life. What an irony. What does the case belong to you? A psychotherapist, Sandra Brown, and an author, says that understanding and responding to your red flag will aid in changing your life and your future. Why? Knowing that we all are shaped by our experiences. What can we do to let go of the pain that hold us down? I think that's a good question. So I pose it to some friends and I'm posing it to you. I thought an answer suggestion. I'm thinking there are a few ways to look after that baggage. You can close the suitcase up, right? You can hide it under your bed and not think about it, always knowing it's there to bother you. Knowing one day you have to unpack it or you can open it up. Show the manageable stuff in a pile to be dealt with. Show out some thoughts you don't need to think about anymore. But all your favorite things that you love and want to take care of, put them in a dry cleaning pile so they won't get damaged, knowing that through life we will pack and unpack many bags Success to life is not the final destination. It is the journeys we take to get where we are going. Dear friends, may your life be full of dry cleanable. In closing, life has happened to me. I have suffered tremendous personal losses, sorrow, grief, condemnation, Betrayal. But I made a deliberate choice. I chose to let go of bitterness. I chose to not be bitter. I chose to not let my past define my present. 
I chose to not let my past immobilize me from experiencing joy. I chose to not be bound by the suitcases I carried so as to be functional in life. I chose to forget the pain of my past. I chose to forget the sorrow, the loss, the grief, the condemnation by self and by friends, by society. I chose to reach my full potential and experience meaningful, lasting relationships with the people in my past. I chose to let go of the past. I chose to not be bitter. Dear friend, what about you? Are your hands clasped to your past? Do you repeat past mistakes and wander away moments of your life in regret, in bitterness? Someone once says, refrain from mentally dwelling on the past regardless of whether it was something that happened yesterday or 30 years ago. Learn to keep situations or events alive in your mind. Return your attention continuously to the positive, timeless, present moment. Nothing ever happened in the past that can prevent you from being present. Now, all we ever really have is the now. Yesterday has come and gone, and tomorrow is not promised to you. Dear friend, as humans, you have this unique ability to process things that happened in your life and learn a lesson that will make you stronger. You are not doomed to repeat the mistakes of your parents or even yourself. Today is a new day. Every day is a new day filled with the promise and opportunity. I urge you for go the bitterness. Let go. Let go. Thank you for allowing me to come into your home. Thank you for listening. I love you for listening. Keep listening. I am Dr. Teresa Yutada. Merrimont's host of Great is also a color on bbsradio.com. And until I come your way next time, let go of this. Thank you for joining us this week on Gray is Also a Color. Make sure to visit our website at pastorteresa.org and leave an episode comment, rating, or review. Also, Check out our books, Journey of Destiny, Power or Perseverance, and 53 Golden Lessons Life Has Taught Me, books to help you navigate through life's journeys. 
challenging you to shift your perceptions and emotions and heal past traumas. Also, consider attending our seminars and earn some college credits. And for good health, try our Gilead Unfiltered Raw Honey. It tastes great. Well, we'll see you all next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio Station 1.